0: morning, everybody. Do that again. Let's see. Good morning, everybody. Oh, that's even better. Uh, It is great to see all of you here together worshiping the Lord and, uh, you know, listening to what God is doing. And today is going to be a very special day. Uh, You're going to see some of the reasons why it's a very special day in just a moment. But God has brought us all here for a reason that He can move in our lives. And when God is moving, we want to be going where God is leading, right? Amen to that. Uh, I want to jump on God's train and move with God, and I believe that we can all learn something this morning that will help us in that process, because a lot of us have brought some baggage in with us, and we've got that baggage. We've got to deal with that baggage. Uh, look, look at what my bride brought me this morning. It wasn't that... Isn't that sweet? She is so... I didn't even ask, and she brought that to me. She, she has a lot to put up with, and she still does these sweet things for me. I mean, that's awesome. So it's a very special day because I got a gift from my bride. The best part of my wife is that she's open to God's leading in her life. A few weeks ago, we were just sitting in the living room watching TV, and for about two months, this thought's been going on in my head. And, you know, as I, I've been praying, just seeking God, and, you know, these thoughts have been going on, and I've been feeling like uh, we it, we need to sell our house. Now, this is not a thought that has ever come to my mind before, but I didn't want to say anything to her because we'd always said, we're never moving again. But that night, you know, after after... You know, a while of thinking this, I felt sort of compelled just to say something. So I'm sitting over there. She's got the dogs over there with her. And I look over there and I say, you know, there's been this thought that's been coming through my mind for a while. And I said, I I think maybe we should sell our house. And she looked at me in this astonished look. And she said, I've been feeling the same thing. And she wouldn't say anything to me because I always said, I never want to move again. (laughs) Isn't that amazing what what God does? So we discussed possible realtors, you know, one of the realtors that we felt really comfortable with. uh, And we hadn't seen this person in a long time. So Saturday morning, Christy's dad comes over and and he says, hey, I want some Bill's hot dogs. So I went down to Bill's, which is right at the corner. And when I went in, guess who I saw? That realtor. I'm like, wow. <laughs> and did I tell you I hate moving? I hate moving. So some of you know that Christy and I are, are selling our house that we've lived in for 20 years. Imagine the stuff that piles up after 20 years. Uh, we are moving away. We're just Going to find a different location um, Did I say we 've been in that house twenty years but but we feel so at peace that 's the crazy part of it. We feel at peace with our decision, even though we don 't know where we 're going we don 't know where we 're going we don 't know what the next step is, uh, but a realtor came over and she went through the house, and we, uh, we've been there 20 years. I tell You know, when you've been somewhere 20 years, you're not thinking about how do other people look at your house. But as she's walking through the house, she starts listing off all these things that she says would make the house more desirable. <laughs> how do you think that? I mean, it's very humbling for someone to come into your house and describe your fixtures as outdated all right, uh, or, or in a way to criticize your color choices, you know. So for the past two weeks, we've been packing boxes and loading them up in these uh, U-Haul U-Box containers, and the painter just started this week repainting the house in the colors that she wanted and uh, repairing some things. So maybe the hardest part of moving is deciding what you're going to stick with and what you're going to get rid of anybody been there anybody done that kind of what do you what do we want to take with us and and what do we want to cast aside uh there there there's a bookshelf in our bedroom and it's got some of my books on it and and really honestly for years christy's wanted to get rid of some of those books okay now i hadn't looked at those books in a long time and so as she's putting stuff in boxes, she says, uh, "Now, wh- which of these books do you want to keep? <laughs> and as she says that, I, I say, you know, if I look at them, I'm going to find a reason that I want to keep them. But if I don't look at them, I won't even realize they're gone because I hadn't looked at them for years. But isn't that the tough part, is letting go of some things? What do I keep? What do I cast off? And in truth, this is a larger question in life, isn't it? What things am I going to hang on to, and what things am I going to need to get past and leave in my past? What are the things that will lighten my load, and what things are like heavier burdens? It just isn't always easy to let go of those things. Even the things that drag us down, have you noticed that too? We have sentimental value to them. Even the bad stuff is stuff we are used to. To get rid of it means change. And none of us like change. Did I mention we've been in that house 20 years? (laughs) So here we are in our final week of this baggage series... And as a brief recap of the first couple of weeks, I would like to share this one sentence. Let go of the baggage in your life and travel freely into a life filled with expectation and anticipation of all that God can do in and through you. That's what this series has been about. And that may sound really good. Uh, Wouldn't it be great to travel a little lighter? I, I think people that are debt free sort of maybe feel that way. How, is there any? Well, I probably shouldn't ask if you're debt free. I'll come and ask you for a loan. Um, but uh, <laughs> those folks I know who are debt free just seem to have less weight on their shoulders. The baggage in our lives may be debt, but it also could be broken relationships, it could be unrepentant sin. It could be past decisions that still haunt us. It could be loss or grief. Are you interested in living lighter? Or does it make you feel anxious? There are some of us here today who've been hearing for so long that there are greener pastures ahead, the things that are just about to turn a corner, just hold on and we're just plain old tired, and some of you are about ready to give up hope. We want to believe, we, we know God is good, we just aren't sure where to begin. We may think we're beyond God's help, <laughs> or that we don't deserve to travel lighter, or we just don't trust that God is going to do anything, and if that sounds like you today, then then I'm really glad you're here because I know God wants you to hear some of the things that he's put on my heart to share. God cares about you so much that he wants to carry that baggage for you. (laughs) And he's not the servant. He's not like the bellhop that's saying, can I care? He's the owner (laughs) of the resort. And he's meeting you at the door and he's saying, give me that baggage. Just come on in and let go of all that stuff. Some of the baggage we haul around with us gives us anxiety about things out of our control. Have you figured that out yet, that there are things that are out of your control? When we feel anxious, instead of bottling it up and keeping it within us, we should cast it on Jesus and trust him to handle it. So today we're going to go to 1 Peter chapter 5 and we're going to sort of uh, settle over a few verses here in 1 Peter chapter 5. And in verse 6 we read, Humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that He may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. Let's pray. God, for way too long, I've been trying to control my own life and deal with my own baggage. And we all bring it here with us today. But we thank you for the invitation that you've given to us to cast our cares and our burdens and our struggles upon you. Would you, Father, put me in a position to be willing to give up the things I'm wrestling with and seek help in carrying my baggage... And and would you do the same with all of my friends here today? Father, open our eyes. Reveal to us the issues and the struggles we have to cast aside. Give us the faith we need to trust in you to take these away from us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So what does our text tell us we need to do in order to cast all of our cares upon Almighty God? Well, the first thing. In order for us to cast our cares upon God, we must approach Him with humility. So that's the first little underline thing in your outline: humility. As we identify the baggage in our lives, let it go and trust God with our future. There is something else and a must-have ingredient to this mix that we can't miss, and that ingredient is humility. We need to be willing to ask for help. You know, ladies, do your husbands ever have trouble asking for directions? And it's not as bad as it used to be because we got Google Maps, right? Um, But, you know, back in the day, the women would always complain, hey, he, he never will stop to ask directions and we're lost all the time. But we need to be willing to ask for that help to seek out our blind spots, to get untangled from sin that has so easily entangled us and to move forward. In fact, the passage we read from 1 Peter identifies humility before casting our cares on Jesus. So look again in verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that He may lift you up in due time. Now, in the context of the passage, Peter was saying that as the people went through trials and sufferings, they they should allow all of these trials, all of these burdens, all of the suffering to bring them to a place of humility before God. You know, sometimes it is the trials and the suffering that bring about humility in our life. Have have you noticed that? Now, when we're riding high and everything is great and perfect, we think nothing can touch us. And that's when we become arrogant. Like, hey, I got all this under my control. But when we struggle and recognize that these things are actually out of our control, Then we can be humbled. Why would God allow these things to happen to us? Well, as you know, it's difficult to work with someone who is puffed up with pride. If you've ever had to work with somebody that was very arrogant, very prideful, you know what I'm saying. Do you think it would be any different in our relationship with God? When we're coming before God with arrogance and pride in our heart, like we got this under control and you're riding with me, God. Of course, that's going to affect our relationship with God. All of this, including a life of discipleship, takes an enormous amount of humility. And this is something Jesus knew and he modeled for us in becoming human and sacrificing himself for us. I've heard it said that humility isn't thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. Success.com listed six attributes of healthy humility for us to think about. The first was you acknowledge you don't have it all together. Can we all say that today that, hey, there are areas of my life that just I've got I to get some help with? You know the difference between self-confidence and pride. You know, and there is a difference. Being confident in the gifts that God has given you and your ability to do those things is very different from having an arrogance about them. And the third is you seek to add value to others. You realize that life is not all about you, it's about other people. And that can help us to have a healthy humility. And then fourth, you take responsibility for your actions. You're not always trying to blame somebody else for every little problem you have. We need to be responsible. And then fifth, you understand the shadow side of success. Hey, you know, the world may look at you as being successful. you got the nice house and the nice job and the nice car. But internally, spiritually, you can be dying on the vine. And then finally, you are filled with gratitude for what you have. And friends, I think if all of those things are true, then we can have a healthy humility. Not a degrading humility, but a healthy one. I've mentioned this before years ago that uh, I was traveling to um, Los Angeles uh, for a conference and I I had a little problem. Unbeknownst to me, I was on some medication and it caused my joints to start locking up, and I was in excruciating pain. And when I got to Charlotte, I had to carry my my carry-on bag to another gate, and I could... I could only go like 30 feet, and then I'd have to stop, and I'd have to put the bag down, and again, I was in so much pain, and I know I look pretty pitiful. I mean, I look bad enough just like this now, but you know, imagine that. I mean, I'm, I'm limping a few feet. I know I got an agonizing look on my face, and and so this young man came by me, and he, he must have seen the agony I was in. And he stopped and he said, Sir, do you need some help? Now, this young man actually was an employee of the airlines, but he could have still just walked past me. I mean, it's not like I'm the only person in the hallway. But he didn't. He stopped to help. And at that point, now, you know, a lot of times uh, we men, we can be a little prideful. I don't need no help. I can do this on my own. <laughs> You know, that's and and but at that point I was hurting so bad. I was like, thank you, thank you, thank you, help me out. And he carried my bags all the way to the gate. And he even contacted the airline or sent word down to Los Angeles where I was gonna eventually go to have a wheelchair ready for me. And and at that point I was ready to take it, you know. I had to humble myself and realize I could not make it on my own. Now, we all had to do this in life, and we need to come humbly before the Lord. What promise does this passage give us when we do this? That God will lift us up in due time. Just like that young man lifted up my burden and helped me, God will help us. God will exalt us. Now, uh, to exalt us means that, you know, one day God is going to You know, He's going to really lift us up. When we try to exalt ourselves, what happens? That's when we become humbled. Just look back at verse 5 of 1 Peter 5, the verse just before what we started with today. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to the elders. All you young people, stop complaining when mama says do something or daddy says submit yourselves to your elders Not that your parents are elderly. I'm not trying to say that. But all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud. But what does He do? He shows favor to the humble. Now for us as Christians, our hope is that God will lift us up. And this could happen in this life where uh, at, at just the right time, God intervenes and He lifts us up out of that struggle. Or it could happen when Jesus comes again in His glory. We will be lifted up with Him, and the cares of this life will be forever left behind. So either way, in God's time, in due time, God will lift us up. Where do you see yourself in that list of healthy humility? Where do you feel like you could grow in your humility? I think if anything you get today, you know, take that home with you and examine yourself and ask yourself that question. Are there some areas in my life where I need to humbly submit to God? And then if we will, our second thought is this. Once we are humble enough to realize we can't do it on our own, then we can cast our cares on Jesus. It isn't just the thought that I should do this, but actually doing it is what matters. In 1 Peter 5, verse 7, again, we read, cast your anxiety on Him. The word for anxiety means uh, when our heart's attention is drawn in different directions. And most of us know that feeling, don't we? When something is troubling us us, and it, it's all we can think about. How many of you have woken up in the middle of the night and you can't get this worry off of your mind? It can be about a relationship that's in trouble, or it can be about the financial stresses or issues at work. It can be health issues uh, that you have or that a loved one has. It can be the loss or death of someone you care about. It can be spiritual concerns you have for yourself or for other people. All these thoughts and concerns just won't let go. And there are many things in life that can cause that anxiety and stress. And our attention can be so focused on those issues that we stop living life. We dig a hole and it becomes deeper and deeper. And the further down we go, the darker and the darker it becomes. And friends, that's no way to live And certainly, no way to experience life to its fullest, which is what Jesus said He came to bring us. So, we have to cast that care, that burden to Jesus. We need to give it all to Him. Just pick it up and throw it on Him. I mean, that. Sounds sort of simple. Now, several weeks ago we we did something similar where we had the cross, and many people came and they brought their burdens down and their griefs and their sins and their struggles, and they wrote them on a piece of paper and they put it on that cross. That's just the physical visual way of saying I'm casting my cares on Jesus. But what I wonder is, when you walked out of the building, did you leave it behind? Did you say, okay, Jesus has that now? I don't have to spend another waking moment worrying about it. So, what does it look like? How does it work? The word for cast literally means to roll a burden over onto, <laughs> to pass over to another, to deposit with. So, when the burdens press and the cares distress, we need to pass it over to Jesus. In other words, we don't have to deal with it on our own. We have His help if we will focus on Him. One example that comes to mind is in the Gospel of Luke. There was an exchange between Lazarus' sister Martha and Jesus about her younger sister Mary. And you're probably well familiar with the story. You know, Martha's, you know... In the kitchen, so to speak, doing all the work, Mary's sitting in there listening to Jesus with the fellows. So we pick up the story in verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell me, tell her to help me. And I can, I can just hear Jesus. I can, I can just hear him in a calm voice. Of course, I can't speak the language he was but Martha, Martha, Martha. You are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed, or indeed only one. And Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. And then he said, I'll have two orders of steak and bring it out quick. (laughs) But Mary was focused on Jesus. Martha was focused on all the stuff that had to be done. And look, we sort of get it, don't we? I mean, we, we sort of sense, I mean, that seems unfair. Martha's stuck in the kitchen while Mary's just listening. But Martha was so distressed about stuff, she was distracted And the point I want to highlight from the passage is the example set by Mary. While her sisters worried and bothered by all kinds of things, Mary is seated at the feet of Jesus. And what a beautiful and powerful lesson that is for us. If you want to cast your cares upon Jesus, friend, you must make time for Jesus in your life. We got so much stuff going on. We got sports, we got school, we got extracurricular stuff. We got everything going on. And some of you are not taking time to sit down with Jesus in his word. And no wonder we're so stressed out. Friends, pray. Now, some of you may not like the idea of journaling your prayers or keeping a notebook. But I tell you, that can be helpful. Read the Word. Tell him the things that you're anxious about, thinking about, worried and bothered by. And Jesus modeled this himself, didn't he? He would regularly go off to be with his father. In Mark 1, 35, we read very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Why did he do it early in the morning? Because nobody else was awake. That's the only time he could get away, to be with he and the Father. I'm also reminded of the time that Jesus himself was burdened with a heavy load that he was carrying in Mark chapter 14, verses 33 through 36. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. This is Jesus. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. And going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father. And Abba is sort of like our daddy. Everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. You see the humility in Jesus and casting even his burden upon his dad. If Jesus needed to do this, don't you think it is important for you and me to do this? Mary spent that valuable time listening to Jesus. He said it would not be taken away from her, and friends. Don't let the busyness of life or the stresses of life take that time away from you. You make that time for God. Your soul needs it. So what can you do this week to have more intentional time with Jesus? Let me suggest something to you. If you hadn't already started, several weeks ago we introduced this 100-day prayer journey. And I want to invite you all to join me on this. I think I'm in day 41. But the idea is that we commit to taking time each day for quiet time with God. It doesn't have to be an hour or two hours. It it can be five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever time you have for you and God to speak. Whatever you can make for God or whatever time you can make for God and and you communicate with Him. So go to www.tandemprayer.org. I think it's up there. Yes, write that down if you don't already have it. And sign up. It doesn't cost anything. You don't have to spend a dime for this. All you do is you go there, you put your name in it, you give them your email, and then every day a little video will pop up on your email. It's two or three minutes long, not very long at all, but just has a thought for you to begin to pray about. And that will prompt you to have some quiet time with God. Why don't you start today if you hadn't already started? I can tell you that it is making a difference in the lives of our leaders at the church. If you truly want to cast your cares upon Him, it will prove to be invaluable. That time with God. What areas of concern and baggage are you carrying right now that you would like to give to Him? Take it to Him in prayer. You know, there's an old spiritual hymn that I remember Miss Willie Lee White singing. Is there anybody here that remembers Miss Willie Lee White? Anybody? Raise your hand a little high so I can see. Yes, there's like three or four or five of us in here that remember Miss Willie Lee. She was the cook at the camp that I grew up going to that was held at Roanoke Bible College. And she would sing this song that was actually popularized by Mahalia Jackson. And um, she would sing this to these impressionable campers. Uh, who were there. And the song was, I found the answer. Now, I'm going to, anybody that remembers this song, you go with me. We're just going to do the first verse and then I'm going to read the other verses. It goes sort of like this. I found the answer, I learned to pray, with faith to guide me, I found the way, the sun is shining for me each day, I found the answer, and I learned to pray, I didn't hear anybody else singing. But it it goes on to say this, Uh, uh, that verse repeats itself, but then uh, the next verse is, I was weak and weary, I had gone astray, walking in the darkness, I couldn't find the way, but then a light came shining to lead me from despair, all my sins forgiven, and I was free from care. I found the answer. Oh, I learned to pray. With faith to guide me, I found the way. The sun is shining. Oh, for me each day. Oh, I found the answer, and I learned to pray. And then there's this encouragement. Keep your Bible with you. Read it every day. Always count your blessings. Always stop and pray. Learn to keep on believing, and faith will see you through. Seek to know contentment, and it will come to you. And then that verse again, I found the answer. I learned to pray with faith to guide me. I found the way. The sun is shining for me each day. Yes, I found the answer, and I learned to pray. Y'all should learn that song. It's a beautiful, beautiful song. Friends, if you want to let go of some baggage, humble yourselves and learn to pray asking God for help. And then the final thought for today is the the final key ingredient to casting those cares on Jesus is this. We have to trust Him. Trust Him. You know, the lack of trust is going to be an obstacle for us in this process? Do you really trust that God cares about you? That's what our verse tells us, right? Look again at verse 7 of 1 Peter 5. Cast all your anxiety on Him. Why? Because He what? He cares for you. The Bible is God's letter to us revealing that He truly cares about us. He isn't a God who just looks down from heaven and is ready to just squash us the moment we make a mistake or we make a bad decision. He isn't a God who created us and just threw us out to the wolves and is uninvolved with us. He's still working things out for us. So let me read a, a few scriptures for you this morning. Psalm fifty-five, twenty-two. Cast your cares in the Lord. And He will what? Sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. Matthew 6, 25, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more important than clothes? Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you what? Amen. Rest. How about Hebrews 12, 1? Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. You know, friends, all these scriptures are telling us the same basic thing. God cares about you. And He will take that weight from your shoulders if you allow Him to. Almost 23 years ago, we planted Christ Church. In January, it will be 23 years. And when we first started, we met at the Boys and Girls Club, uh, which is right, uh, right close by. Within a year, we had found this piece of property. E.T. Island, along with Doug Parker and Edgar Boyd, uh, met with the landowner, Ed Warren. Now, Ed had been Doug and E.T.'s principal, I believe, many years before, and he had gone on to become a state senator. Now, th- they made a great bargain with Ed. I don't know exactly how they twisted his arm or what they said. Hey, Ed, we, we're going to tell a story. I, I don't know what they did, but he wanted to help a church. This was his farm land, and he wanted a place that would be here for God for, a, for many, 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 many years. So as a leader in this new church, I was a little anxious about things. How will we pay for this? How can we afford this building? What, what's God going to do? Where, you know, how are we going to build a team? And about that same time, I had attended a spiritual retreat, and it was a wonderful experience, and I felt some of the weight lifted from our shoulders. In fact, at the end of the retreat, they were asking, hey, what are some things that you just feel like God is revealing to you? And the the one thing that kept coming to my mind was that Christy was my partner, not just to bring me nice, sweet drinks. I wasn't alone in this. She was with me. Sometimes as leaders, we can feel alone. But that word partner was really imprinted on my mind. I dreamed of a church that would be passionate about missions, about reaching the lost, about serving God. I dreamed of a church that would no longer be about power and politics and would just focus on doing the will of God, going where God wanted us to go. And so sometime after I was back, maybe two or three weeks, a man came by my office And he asked if he could pray with me. And he was associated with that retreat. And it wasn't like a request kind of prayer. I I don't know if y'all can understand what I mean, but it was more like an affirming kind of prayer. And in that prayer, he said, oh, God is bringing workers for this church. People, I didn't even know God was, he was bringing them. He prayed that God would meet our financial needs. He said, God is going to provide everything you need. uh, And and be careful not to build this building because we had already bought the land and we were uh, planning on building the building. And he said, don't build it too small because you're going to need room. There's going to be a lot of people coming. And he prayed that, uh, and, and the prayer again, it's more of an affirming thing. You're going to have an international impact, not just in Greenville, But around the world, and at the end of the prayer, it seemed like he was done praying. It was like there was this moment of silence, and then he said, oh, yes. He said, your wife will be your partner. Now, I didn't tell anybody about my wife being my partner. I didn't say nothing to nobody. (laughs) And I tell you once again, I was blown away. For me, this was a confirmation from God that he was moving and we were going where he wanted us to go. He was blessing our church. Now, in the past, I've worked with some leaders who, if they heard that prayer, they would begin to question it. You know, who's this guy to say this? But when I told our elders at the time, and some of them are here today, to the man, they were encouraged. You see, I do believe God answers prayer. Over the years, I have learned to trust Him more and more. And so I know that we have been sort of in a downturn since COVID. Uh, The bad economy is affecting things. Our financials don't look great right now, and some of you that, that have been here know that our leaders have Felt, you know, we're, we're trying to do the right thing. We've attempted to be good stewards by putting a freeze on our spending and uh, bringing our budget down and cutting budgets and things like that. I mean, we're trying to do the right things. But I want to tell you something. I trust God. I trust God. I trust that God will prompt the hearts of His people to give and not let finances hold us back. I just know that by the end of the year, God is going to work it out. But I still need to do the right and proper things to be a good steward. This is not a blind faith that I have. That faith is based upon God's promises and His track record. God will provide. In his book, The Speed of Trust, Stephen Covey says, "...low trust causes friction." Low trust is the greatest cost in life and in organizations, including families. Low trust creates hidden agendas, politics, interpersonal conflict, win-or-lose thinking, defensive and protective communication, all which reduce the speed of trust. Low trust slows everything, every decision, every communication, and every relationship. Have you experienced low trust in your life? Have you seen the damage it can do in your life, in in the relationships that you have? Covey goes on to say, simply put, trust means confidence. The opposite of trust, distrust, is suspicion. And i got to ask you, friends, when we come to God, He says, cast your cares upon me. And I will lift you up in due time. Are you suspicious of God? Do you think He's lying to you? Do you think He's trying to deceive you? Are you just waiting for God to drop the hammer on you and say, ha ha, surprise, I got gotcha! you? Do you believe that God is just wanting to reprimand you, to take every good thing from you? Listen to Jeremiah 29. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me. And I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. That's God speaking to you and me today. But if we will seek God out, if if we will pray to him, he will listen and we will find Him. We will see what God is doing. We will know the direction He wants us to go in. Yes, we're going to experience trouble and adversity and frustration in life. It's not going to say that life is going to be perfect, whatever your idea of perfect may be. No one can avoid those things. But the promise we get to enjoy as sons and daughters of the Most High King is this, Romans eight twenty eight. And we know that in all things, God works for the what? The good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Friends, trust Him today. Cast your cares on Him. Toss your baggage over and walk a little lighter today because He cares about you. You can trust Him. Just think about this for a moment. If God didn't care would he share his one and only son with us? If Jesus didn't care, would he have humbled himself to the point of death? Is Peter, who spent many years with Jesus out on the mission field and whom Jesus trusted to lead the disciples, is this same Peter misleading us when he says, cast all your anxiety onto him because he cares about you? No, no. There's no deception here. Let go of the suspicion and doubt. Let go of the baggage and trust Jesus with your life today and every day because God cares about you so much that He wants to carry that baggage for you. Father, thank You for loving us and caring for us so much that You would invite us to cast our cares upon Jesus. We humbly come before You, Father, and we trust You And and so we come to you and cast those cares upon you. Maybe there's somebody out here right now that's thinking about those burdens that they're worried about, that are in their mind, that are keeping them up late at night. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come to you in prayer. We've learned that you are faithful and that we can trust you. So, Father, I pray that someone who's listening today will be able to leave those burdens behind we'll be able to just cast them upon you and trust that you are faithful, that you really do love them and care for them. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.